you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. Thank you for tuning in to HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. Now, today we're talking a little bit more about voting, leave, and politics in the workplace. So I know that we just witnessed a presidential debate. It's the season, and I bet that some of this is going to come into play into the workplace. So as leaders, as business owners, how are you managing this? Are you being proactive? Do you have policies and expectations in place about what employees can discuss in the workplace? And is politics one of those discussion points? And it's 30 days away from election day. Well, almost 30 days, right? So we're getting close. It's getting a little bit more heated. Can you admit that? And with that being the case, right, wrong, or indifferent, we as leaders have to prepare our teams, have to understand what could be and what is expected over the course of the next 30 days-ish. So... I know that in the state of South Carolina, we we actually do not have voting leave. So if you're listening to this, you're not in the state of South Carolina, I want you to double check if your state specifically has voting leave requirements. This should always be updated in your employee handbook, but you should also have a policy in place from the company perspective of what, what do you allow and support in regards to when employees are requesting time off. Uh, in terms of voting leave. So for instance, are they expected to vote before they start their workday, on their lunch, and then or after? And then what happens if they are going on their, their lunch break or some type of break and they are stuck there, right? It takes, it, they anticipated 30 minutes, now it's four hours. So get ahead of this expectation. Know, the, uh, know that employees are going to want to exercise their right to vote and you, and you should support that. But ultimately, how does that impact the scheduled workday? And get ahead of it, reach out to the team and make sure that they understand what expectations, what policies do you have in place? Are they required to take PTO? Or are you one of the organizations that actually reflects their time and allow them to um, take maybe a few hours and make up that time? That's up to you. And it's really based, again, off of your company culture and your employee handbook. But now is the time to get into that reminder phase. So preparing your team starting in the next couple of weeks gets them into the mindset from so the employees know what's expected of them. And it will reduce the amount of hiccups that you'll have on November 3rd. Now, you know, employees sometimes will receive miscommunication and or misinterpret, but structure this as much as possible and give them, them being the employees, as much information as possible about what you expect as the company and as the leader. Now, okay, so think about that as one bucket, voting leave, and what your expectations are. Well, now, what about politics in the workplace? So we have to be mindful. I don't recommend that you send out a blanket email or give a blanket type of answer that says, hey, no politics in the workplace. Usually, whenever you're you're conducting either harassment-free workplace or professional conduct training, you kind of touch on what are appropriate topics in the workplace and discussion points. One thing I want to give you a heads up on is 
what happens in, in the way of healthy conversation in differing opinion, that's great. If, if you have so much diversity in our place, you have differing opinion, different political parties, that sort of thing. Sure. Great. But what happens is two employees or more get into a heated debate. I know that we helped one organization a few years ago, obviously, at an election time. And ultimately, a friendly conversation that they're actually friends at work turned into a, a verbal argument, which led into a physical altercation. So that's what we're trying to avoid. That's one of the things we're trying to avoid. We're also trying to avoid any type of discriminatory or inappropriate language or even innuendos, things of that nature. So this could all, it's how someone is perceiving that communication. And if you have more than 15 employees, then you as the employer would be liable if there was some sort of language that was discriminatory or any type of misconduct in how you handle it. So it's so important that you're managing these conversations in the workplace that we're having positive, respectful, and healthy discussions. So your question would be, okay, so I can't tell all my employees, no politics in the workplace. This is what I do recommend as an HR professional. I recommend that you, as the leader, as the owner, are making sure that you're sending out a reminder, having a reminder during team meetings that this is a respectful workplace, that we have zero tolerance on racial slurs, crude remarks, and anything that could be misconstrued or even perceived as discriminatory. So you are really reinforcing respectful workplace conversations, respectful behavior, and that um, we are engaging, we're focused first on our work performance, on our job task, and that whenever we are having conversations, we're being really mindful to guard our words and actions and think through what, what is expected, what's going to be a violation of your code of conduct policy that should be in your employee handbook. So again, it's reinforcing the behaviors that you expect from your team. Does this mean that you won't have any issues whatsoever, any type of employee complaints or concerns? No, but it does lay the, the framework and the foundation for what you expect and what happens if a policy is violated. It could lead to corrective action up to and including termination. Does your team know that, know that there's an accountability and progressive disciplinary process in place? So... And I, and I hate to jump there, right? We want to be able to have conversations, be human, and go through even this, this pandemic with sharing our opinions and sharing our insights. We spend most of our time in the workplace and with our coworkers. Well, just remember, this is still a workplace. And as an employer, you're still liable for, for any type of um, illegal activity. And even if you, as the leader um, or business owner, do not perceive it as illegal activity, if the employee perceives, and if there was, was also any type of adverse employment impact. So for instance, what about if one example is someone saying, well, I, I don't think that there should be a, a woman that's a vice president or a woman that's, a, that's president, right? And then maybe it's even two weeks down the line, you decide to not promote and you choose another candidate internally, but not promote one of the, the female employees. Well, is that tied together? You may be saying, hey, that's a stretch. Well, I'm only sharing with you the things that I've witnessed and the, in the HR community and the things that we've either had to investigate or we're, we're again, observing or witness to. 
there, it's really about being mindful in the workplace and understanding that whatever your words are, whatever your decisions and behaviors are, could impact the perception of you as a leader taking an action that may or may not impact the employees. And so, again, being mindful, being very aware of your actions. But I think now is the time to have this extra layer of sensitivity whenever it comes to conversations in the workplace. And and really, it's not ideal from my perspective to have you know, conversations or deep conversations with regards to um, political affiliations. And I want to urge you, I know that small businesses, you're going to, you feel like a family, right? And now it's even, you know, football season. We're talking about our teams. Well, I've witnessed employees get into physical altercations over football teams. So I know it can happen whenever it comes to your personal beliefs and how that relates to the political affiliation or the candidate that you're choosing. So from a leader perspective, you also cannot share, hey, well, we're voting this way. Or I I really encourage you to not share your personal opinions and beliefs in that manner because it could be perceived as some sort of inconsistent treatment, unfair type of business practice down the road. So I know it's a lot to digest in this very quick podcast, but I was going to deliver this information via a webinar and through popular demand and just in thinking through this this process, I think it was really important that you're able to digest this in a podcast format, but also replay, you know, if, if necessary. I wanted to get this to the masses and I love the how our podcast is growing and our subscribers. So please share this with anyone else that you think may benefit from this sort of topic. And, and be sure to subscribe to HR After Dark. We have so many other resources on willishr.com and HR Essentials, but ultimately our goal is really to solve your people problems and to really help small businesses. And especially with less than 250 employees, we really love our small business partners and as well as um, nonprofits. And we want to help organizations and leaders stay compliant to lead effectively, retain employees. So that's why we're having these sort of conversations. And I would much rather you spend your money on giving your employees, you know, recognition or, you know, growing the organization than on any type of litigation or compliance violations. So that's my that's my hope. And if you have any questions, please email info at willishr.com. Go to our website, take our free HR risk assessment, And you will actually receive a 30-minute HR consultation. So I look forward to helping you. And just keep tuning in. Let us know if you have questions. And I definitely hope you can get some sleep tonight.